Hi, this is Tina Black, and this is the B-Series Podcast. Today, we'll be exploring untold stories of transformation and leadership. We hope you'll subscribe and check out the B-Books and send us your stories of transformation after listening. I have here in the studio, nonetheless, than my beautiful husband of 32 years that I affectionately call my boyfriend, and his name is Brian Black. Hi, Brian. Hello there, Angel Tina. That's what I call Tina, is a little angel, because I still don't think that she's human, but an angel instead. (laughs) It's going to be hard to get through this entire interview without looking at him, without wanting to give him a big kiss, because I just absolutely adore this man. And besides the fact that I just absolutely adore him, that he is my angel in my life. uh, But he's been my biggest, biggest mentor. And I remember when we first met, it was 33 plus years ago. And I just really looked up to him. And I still do to this day. And he's the closest thing to what I like to call Jesus in my life. And he's just just an incredible example. And I looked in the mirror and realized I was not the wife that I should have been for Brian. And I started to make shifts and changes in my life. And he and I started to do an online leadership Bible study. And it really stems from the verse 1 Timothy First Timothy 3, 5, if anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? And the reason why I'm interviewing Brian is because he has been such an incredible example in the home with our children, with me, in the community. And I really wanted you to hear his side of the story and untold stories of leadership transformation. So I'm excited to jump into this. Uh, Brian is not only my husband, but he's been a lawyer for 32 plus years as well, too. So what's what's that process been like for you being a lawyer, Brian? Well, the history actually is, is that, um, and some people know the story, but uh, some don't, is uh, I have some diversity uh, within my life, and, and that is on my paternal side, my father's side, My grandfather was the attorney general for the state of Michigan and also a Supreme Court justice, uh, a very, very well-known Supreme Court justice. And um, on the other side, on my maternal side, my mother's side, uh, we were farmers. We came from the thumb of Michigan. And if you know anything about farmers, that is, is that they always find a solution when their machine breaks down or they're they're faced with a crisis, they, they go into solution mode. And so... My legal career was always such that uh, I had, um, if you will, a profile for being a a good attorney, a great attorney at times, but I was always looking for, you know, that hard grind, that hard solution, and uh, just really thinking outside of the box many times. I love that. We've always called Brian the grinder. And I want to read exactly what Brian had said, because this is word for word. Uh, Brian's word. And if you want to read more, of course, you're going to have to get on my book, Be Amazing. But it's really about changing the channel and having uh, the uh, forgiveness um, part of your life. And so it talks about 
stop looking in the rear view mirror. And here's what I said. I said, you won't get very far in your car if you're always looking in the rear view mirror. Yes, you need to glance at it once in a while to see if there's anything coming up behind you that could cause an accident. But it's far more important to look out the windshield at the beauty ahead and the opportunities waiting for you. Well, my husband learned this important lesson in 1995. Here's his story. In his own words of how he stopped looking in the rearview mirror and chose to focus on the positive aspects of his life. In August 1995, uh, this is from Brian, I had two young children, ages two and three. That was our kids that are now 26 and 24, Brianna and Justin, and uh, when my father passed away. All my life I had prayed for his affection, and now he was gone. In that moment, I lost more than a dad. He had also been my law partner for nearly 10 years. My father had a personality of always wanting to do big, exciting things, like host big parties at his home and take ski trips out west. He had four wives and countless friends, and even his enemies, such as other lawyers, loved him. The local newspaper called him a great litigator and the son of a Supreme Court justice. Yet on his fourth marriage, he was no longer nice to his children. The fun times had turned to greed and control and even lied about his incurable cancer so he could drain our law business for all of the profits. He had majority ownership and control of the business, so he took whatever money he needed to the detriment of my brother and me, who both had young families to support. He turned his sickness into a pity party that day, left uh, deep scars to this day. When my father died, the business was underwater by $100,000. He had turned both judges and attorneys against my brother and I, and he'd written us out of his will entirely, so all we had left from his estate was a huge debt. Days before his passing, he had disowned me in a heated, one-sided, uh, berating phone call that caused me to cry like a baby, and that day has never left me. Yet it's funny how the Holy Spirit lifted me up and carried me when I thought the world had crashed down on me. I was comforted by the ideas that I would succeed in my law practice and that I had a young family who adored me. My children provided the affection I longed for from my dad. They constantly fought for my attention and climbed on me like a big, strong tree. I felt like a kid on the playground. And, and I want to stop there because I really feel like that was the moment of transformation in your life because I remember uh, that moment because you grew so much stronger as a man and so much closer to God. And you became like the most incredible spouse to me and incredible dad to our children. And I believe that adversity really became your assignment at that moment. So talk through that process, what was happening to you. Well, uh, just uh, hearing that be read again uh, kind of chokes me up a little bit. But, um, yeah, that that was uh, a very, very tough time. I, I really couldn't believe it at first until, you know, I was able to see him in his casket. Um, and I really feel like the Holy Spirit came upon me then because I even had attorneys coming up to me after, shortly after his, his passing, within the first week, and you know, I was back to the grind. I'm like, uh, I'm back in court. I'm, I'm going to stick to this. And, you know, God and the Holy Spirit are going to really carry me. And I really felt like, and, and many of you have probably had this experience of um, when you're doing something stressful, uh, you almost feel like you're being carried, especially if you're, you know, a believer in Christ and you believe that the Holy Spirit can sustain you through all things. 
uh, other attorneys would come up to me and say, you know, you still seem to have the same old joy that you always had and, you know, what gives? And I would just smile and say, I'm good. And, uh, I, and I knew it wasn't of my own, you know, energy. I, I knew the Holy Spirit was really carrying me through that process. So, and, and then shortly after that, uh, you know, all things happen for a reason. And, um, uh, it opened up my eyes to the law quite a bit. Uh, I, I went on to have a really successful career on many fronts, um, really up until uh, about 2015. So another 20 years, you know, I continued to practice law, but on the side, I had a love and a passion for the cosmetology world. And, and two years after his passing, we bought our first cosmetology school. And, and that became a passion that I couldn't make it my number one passion because I had a law practice, but it was something that gave me a lot of comfort. In, in fact, what I didn't say at the outset was uh, on the, my maternal side, my, my grandfather, who was the, are the biggest farmers in, in all, he went from being a farmer to a barber. And uh, it's funny how God works things out because when I was a little boy, he had a barber shop. And I would go to that barbershop as, as just a young little guy, and I would sweep hair, and I would see these old guys in there, and they would be chewing tobacco and spitting in the spittoon, and and uh, just they were characters. And I really enjoyed that environment. <laughs> and so getting back in a, a beauty industry, uh, and now that's come full circle where we're teaching barbers now in our schools, um, it just, it's funny it's such a blessing to have God work things out where, where you don't see hope. If you just hold on to the hope that he's working in your life, then that's what that's all you can ask for. I love that. And, and so talk about that because it was 20 years ago this year that we bought our first uh, cosmetology school. And I came kicking and screaming, if you will, mm -hmm. when you told me you wanted to buy that school. But you saw something in me. And that's what's amazing. I don't believe that unless you had gone through your, your own transformation, your own adversity in your life, that it wouldn't have made you seek out and to see things in others that they didn't see in themselves. And you saw like, wow, this could be a ministry for Tina. And I want to buy this for my daughter. Talk about what was going through your mind at the time? Why did why did you want to move forward with that school? Well, you've told that story actually many times uh, on how, uh, uh, the, like the first week that we owned it, a student of ours uh, wanted to commit suicide, and you came alongside her. And I think the the lights, the whistles, and the bells went off in your mind of what I had said previously. That and it took about six months to buy this school, so it probably went back six months that I told Tina that this school can be a ministry to her, that all of a sudden the lights went on for you. And they really went on for me as well. And, uh, you know, I, I, I thought it was an industry that would be not just a fun industry, but uh, a difference-making type of industry. And in fact, everything that I I think happens to me in my life, and, and Tina can be a testament to this, is that God put certain visions in my mind and in my path that are so unexplainable uh, opportunities have come my way that are truly God experiences, um, things that God has created, uh, whether I'm piddling around on a certain morning and I have this idea and I follow up with it. Um, you know, I, I'm really the type of guy that really tries to, uh, you know, if there's a complex uh, situation, I, I really try and make some simplicity out of it. Um, but I'm always trying to meet and greet people and, and ask them questions. And I'm, I'm a bit voracious when it comes to 
um, asking questions. And my mother tells me that when I was little, that every toy that she would get me, I would tend to take it apart. I would figure out why the toy is what it is or why it works, no matter what it was. I've always had that really inquisitive mind to find out what makes things tick, people and any other thing that's in my path, I guess. <laughs> I love this. So we're, we're getting, I'm seeing some steps here of building your own leadership transformation, Brian. And, and the first one that I saw was be a visionary. And how do you keep that thought process because you have always been a visionary. You've seen things in people that they've never seen in themselves. You, uh, I remember when you, our daughter was six years old and she said, yeah, daddy, will you buy this cosmetology school for me? But you get this vision. Where, where do you think this comes from? Is this just comes natural? Is it something that you do in particular to have this vision? I don't, I don't really have a, a 100% answer to that. Uh, I really feel that, um, you know, God g gifts everybody with certain gifts, and that's just one of the gifts that I think God has given me. I, I mean, if, uh, if I think back, I mean, uh, when I was in high school, I loved sports. I played sports, played football, played hockey, had a scholarship to go to college. I, I played a year of college hockey. I got through college in four years. I went through law school in three years. I uh, got my law degree, started practicing law right away. But, you know, wasn't that wasn't quite enough. You know, in addition to having a, a law practice, I um, started getting into building and finding buildings that I could rehabilitate. Um, I didn't necessarily flip them. In fact, most of the time I renovated them and, and uh, rented them out. And I have bought so many houses and so many buildings, and uh, it didn't stop with that. We got into um, cosmetology schools, and I own a lot of the buildings because I, I try and buy them low, and I see a vision, and I fix them up, and um, then I re-rent them to me or the school. And you know, I've done just so many things. We've had some beautiful boat trips. Um, you know, we, we had a cruiser. It was a 34-foot Sea Ray. And the entire family, we took to every Great Lake, which um, if you've ever boated on the Great Lakes, you know that that can be dangerous and crazy at times. But we've been on every Great Lake up into Lake Superior, Lake Michigan, Lake Huron, Lake St. Clair, Lake Erie. And I've always... Uh, just had these visions pop in my mind and I, I get a little bit crazy and passionate about wanting to do them and I just <laughs> find a way that that vision comes into um, into fruition and mm -hmm. it just happens. So. so what I've seen with you, Brian, is that you just take advantage of opportunities right in front of you and tell the story about the man who um, sold you his first house and it was like $500 a crazy and you just took advantage of that opportunity right in front of you I felt like I felt like that's what started you on the road of just taking advantage so that's part of being a visionary so talk about that story Okay, so probably the bigger picture though beyond that is my very first house was um, it, it caught on fire. I didn't own it at the time. A landlord owned it. it caught on fire. He didn't want it anymore. I picked it up for $7,500. The next house, uh, a guy, when I'm an attorney, walks into my office and says, um, I was just at the city and they will take the lot that this house sits on if you'll prepare the deed and do the legal work. And I inquired, and I asked him why he would just want to give it away. And he told me all the reasons. He was aged. He was going into um, 
like a nursing home or assisted living. And I said, do you mind if I look at it? And he said, yeah, I walked here. It's right around the corner from your <laughs> office. So literally, I go over and look, and it's in terrible shape. There's The toilet was in the basement. There was no floor in the bathroom. But I kind of you know, kicked the walls and saw that it had potential. And I said, if you were to be given some money, instead of just giving it away, would you like that? And he was so happy that I gave him $500. I did the legal work on it, <laughs> title work. It was all clear. And then the very next house I got was for $5,000. And this was a rooming house. And this was in a very rough area of, of our hometown, almost like Detroit. It was primarily minority-occupied. Um, there was knife fights in there. There was all kinds of fights uh, with baseball bats. And, you know, I went in there and I got rid of all the uh, the, the rumors, um, the renters that would just rent rooms because they would fight like crazy. And I turned it into an apartment complex. And... Um, uh, lo and behold, most of all those other places, after I got uh, more income and I was deep into my law practice, making good money, uh, when I would settle a case, I would make sure to try and coach my clients to invest that money. And I, I would sell those places to my clients because they had the money, number one. And number two, I wanted them to be secure in a lot of them. I know one fellow for sure this is like 20 years back still has that place every time he sees me he says it's going good he loves it he's been there 20 years he rents out like two of the units he lives there for free and so yeah you have to kind of take advantage of opportunities that come mm. your way but at the same time and especially being an attorney I had an ethical obligation to never do anything dishonest or unfair and of all my 30-some years of practicing law, I never had anybody file any type of legal grievance against me. Um, you know, there's just, uh, and that's a very, very common thing with attorneys today, that they've done something even small to step over the line, and they get a, a grievance filed against them where their license can be suspended or revoked. And I never had that in 30 years. So it was really a testament to me being honest and fair to people. So that's always been my mantra is to be fair at the end of the day so you can go home and look yourself in the mirror and know that you haven't done anything untoward mm -hmm. or unfair. And you've always been like that and taught the kids that as well as myself. And, and I felt like, okay, so the first step is to be a visionary, take advantage. You have opportunities in front of you right now that you're not saying yes to, that you could say yes to. And then number two is uh, be a grinder. And, and I remember um, we talked about this a long time ago, but just staying on your path that you're on and continuing to just grind out day by day of what you have to get done. How do you go throughout your days now? You've pretty much retired from the law practice. You're helping us build our salons and our schools now and taking care of all the legalities. But what does your typical day look like and how do you stay on that path? Well, it's interesting. Um, uh, I, I felt some guilt, actually, for about the last two years because I primarily left my law practice. Uh, I still practice law within the confines of our schools, doing labor law and, and advising uh, our schools on what's appropriate. And, uh, you know, I stay busy. I, I um, kind of put together a, a semi-lobbying group in Washington, D.C., and I get to Washington, D.C. probably four times a year. Uh, I was appointed by the Department of Education recently to sit on negotiated rulemaking committee uh, for the Department of Education. Um, that was like three different stints in Washington, D.C. over four months, actually. Um, so, I, I, you know, I, I really stay busy in the law. I really feel that you have to continue to 
exercise your mind as well as your body. I'll be 59 next month, and um, uh, I'm okay with that. I'm finally getting okay with that. I, I, I had that time period, as I said, as I was leaving the law practice, and I was really questioning, but I went to like a seminar recently, and uh, the, one of the quotes was from the guy that owns Amazon, and he said his most creative thinking comes in the morning when he just piddles. And <laughs> that <laughs> resonated with me because in the morning, most of my creative thinking is done and most of my piddling is done during that time. What is, what is a piddler or what do you do when you're piddling? Well, you're taking the dog for the walk. You're doing some chores around the house. Um, you're taking some time for yourself just to be creative and to um, just have some quietness in your life. Um, I'm typically returning a bunch of emails and this and that, but I'm allowing my mind really to kind of dive into, uh, you know, where the Lord wants to lead. In fact, most of my days start off with just simply saying, Lord, I don't have an agenda. I know you probably don't have an agenda for me, except that I know that you love me and that you want to bring good things into my path. In fact, that's one of my words that I've chosen for a lot of my years is just to stay on a path, uh, a path of being you know, committed to yourself, committed to joy, committed to happiness, committed to the Lord, and he will direct your path. That's what the Word of God says. And so that is my piddling time. That is my path time. And so... I just get on those paths, and I have to tell you, I've accomplished, I feel, a lot. In the last 18 months, I've built three salons. I mean, this, these are total gut jobs. These are total remodels from going into an older, aged salon and just remodeling it, the whole thing, ripping out the ceilings, ripping out the walls, tearing up the floors, cutting the concrete, ordering this, ordering that. Uh, one of my choice actually is that, <laughs> is being on Amazon at night because I just go through that and I see all these neat things that I can use <laughs> in, in the salons and uh, in various different settings. And so Tina will be a testimony to all the packages that are coming. She used to get a lot of packages for Amazon. No, I get them all the time and <laughs> I just really enjoy that. So I'm, uh, I'm really enjoying life and um, it's good. I love yeah. that. And okay, so first we said be a visionary, take advantage of opportunities right in front of you, uh, be a grinder and allowing God to direct your path. And something you hit on, which I think is another step, and that is uh, to be solution oriented. And something that I absolutely love and adore about you, Brian, is the fact that from day one, from the time that we met, you always had a solution to everything. And you've always calmed my heart and calm my soul from so much anxiety and frustration and worrying about what could happen tomorrow. But you've always had that solution, always have a simple, simple solution. How, where did that come from? How do you maintain that as well? What advice would you give to people? Well, actually, uh, Teen, I think that you've been a big help in that area because you've always had these mantras, which are um, there's nothing to worry about ever. And that, that has sunk on in for me as well. So I like that mantra a lot. But I, I don't know, perhaps it's just um, having a little bit of a legal mind, having a little bit of farmer mind, if you will. And uh, I've always believed, and I think it's it's almost like I built up a little bit of a, a database in my mind because I've always asked a lot of questions and and uh, as you know, and Tina will tell you, is that um, many times that things can't be figured out by even the tradesmen that come into our school, mm -hmm. whether it's electrical, <laughs> plumbing, or otherwise. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the phrase is, ask the attorney, he'll know. And so uh, I feel like I have a, a certain database within my mind that I can uh, 
I can recall a situation or I can look at a situation and, and just figure it out. And, um, you know, it, it goes back to that principle of, uh, of being inquisitive. Ask people as many questions as you can. If you're a little bit inquisitive, it's, it's nothing. There's nothing ever, ever wrong to ask people about this or that. Typically, people like to talk about it anyway. So um, I've always been a great asker of questions. Um, uh, I don't know that I've been a great listener, but I think I've been a great learner. I, I've tried to uh, listen as well as I can, but I wanted to see the, the show. Tell me how it works. Tell me why it works. And um, uh, if, I can, if I can learn that, I, I can typically figure things out. So I, I just can figure a lot of things out. And I, I really believe that there's a lot of simplicity to life in general. I, I think that there's simplicity in, in legal issues. I think there's simplicity in construction issues. I think there's even simplicity in relationship issues. And uh, as you know, I've had a, a kind of a saying that, um, and I've given advice, for example, at weddings, and, and that is, you know, what do you, what do you suggest in terms of um, marriage advice or relationship advice? And I always believed in the three uh, Ps, which are uh, commit things to prayer, be patient and keep things in perspective. Uh, John Paul DeGiorgio typically will say that most of the time that we think that there's a big, big issue, a problem, a hill that we cannot overcome, it's not as bad on the other side of the hill. It's, it's really not a mountain. It's not a hill. It's just a little lump in the road, uh, a little crest. You have to go up this crest and come down the other side. But, you know, on the other side of a crest, there's a downslope. Okay, so you may have a challenging time uh, climbing this crest, but on the other side, you have a little bit of a downslope. This is real uh, common up in Mackinac Island, which is a favorite vacation place that we like to vacation. But we ride bikes. That's the only thing you can mm -hmm. do there, as a matter of fact. There's no automobiles allowed there whatsoever. It's horse and buggy, or it's walk, or it's ride a bike. And for every little crest you go up, when you get on the other side, there's a nice little pick up speed, crest downward. And so, you know, I really feel if you can keep things in perspective and not, mm. you know, absolutely panic over things and, and know that, you know, God is good and he's going to be there for you. And of course, I really think that comes about by the two preceding concepts, which is, is prayer and patience. You, you have to be patient. You have to be patient and, and wait on the Lord. You have to be patient and wait uh, for more clarity. Sometimes it's just getting, you know, a good night's sleep. And, um, you know, my mother was always famous mm. for saying that, um, uh, don't worry, honey, things are going to be better in the morning. And I've always loved that, uh, you know, thought is that things will be better in the morning. Believe me, there's many nights that I go to bed and I'm anxious about things. And I, I just pray uh, for patience and perspective and and know that, uh, you know, the sun will come up in the east tomorrow and uh, everything will be better in the morning. And many mm -hmm. times it's certainly not as bad as what I thought it was. And many times there's a solution right on the horizon. I love that. Yeah. So so be simple um, in order to be solution orientated and life isn't as 
difficult as we think it is. And that's what I love about you, Brian, because you always simplify things in our entire family and the kids are always looking to you. And now that Brianna's married, her husband's looking to you to simplify things uh, for him as well too. So I love that. And the three P's to marriage. So we're going to jump into that in a moment too, because you hit on some really, really great points as well too. So let's jump back into this. So the first one for leadership transformation is to be a visionary. The second one is to be a grind. The third one is to be solution oriented, simplify things. The fourth one that you've been hitting on all along, and it goes, it ties right into this, is to be curious. And Brian Black is probably one of the most curious people I've met. The first date, I believe, that I went on him, he took took me out for a dinner for my birthday, and he looks around to see how things are built. No wonder why he's building now, uh, because it's always been a part of who you are. Like you love, and you started out building these uh, homes that you sold, and that's what got our start. And you rented them out, and um, and so as I look at you. You're so curious. Where did you learn that curiosity? Was it something that you saw in your grandparents or your parents? Did they do that? Like, how did you learn that process? Because I believe your curiosity has what has enabled us to go as far as we have in our life right now and it will continue because we're, we're not going to retire. We're just refiring in our life right now in the 50s. So. Well, it's everything I alluded to before. I think it's a God gift. Um, it's asking a lot of questions of people and um, just being curious. I, I think either you are or you're you're not. Um, uh, but I could tell you that there's great advantages to it. Um, I, I think a lot of people that know me will uh, say that that Brian sure asked some silly, crazy <laughs> questions, but man, he just, he, he really got to asking me things that no one's ever, ever asked me in my entire life before. And, um, mm -hmm. and that's okay because chances are I've learned something and that person walked away from that conversation knowing that this guy really cares about mm. what I'm doing and what I'm about. And, uh, I've never had someone ask me a question that, I've never been asked before in my entire life, and so it's okay. It's it's um, you're given both ways. You're you're receiving something special, and you're and you're given something special. I love that you said that because it really shows how much you care. And the last step is to be a learner. You said that, and because you always learn from people, and I think that's part of the curiosity. How do you stay in that mode of always being a learner to continue to create that transformation in your life? Well, I'll give you an example. On uh, as I said, about two years ago, I really turned back in my law practice, and uh, I was building another cosmetology school. And we're getting bombarded by so much information that the average attention span of many, many people today, I've just heard, is down to eight seconds. We don't have an attention span greater than eight seconds now. When I had to take the bar exam uh, in 1987, the exam was uh, three hours in the morning, three hours in the afternoon, day one, day two, three hours, and three hours again. I, I challenged myself to find out how good my memory is, and so I signed up for a course to become licensed in uh, annuities and life insurance, and, and much of that, what I studied, was what I learned in law school, so I, I kind of perhaps took a little bit for granted, so... So, you know, I would challenge people if you, um, you know, feel that perhaps you're getting up to my age, you know, I'm only a year from being 60, is to challenge yourself with something intellectual because it will improve mm -hmm. you. 
and uh, you know improve your mind. And a few years ago, you became a John Maxwell coach alongside uh, our daughter Brianna and our son Justin. So our whole family is John Maxwell certified coaches as well too. So that definitely challenges you intellectually. Let's uh, end this with. Um, being married. So Brian and I are working on a book. It probably will take up another five years to have this book completed. It's going to be called Be Married, but we do an online marriage Bible study. So if you're listening to this and you want to join our free online marriage Bible study, uh, but you touched on something which our book is going to be all about is the three P's to a powerful marriage, being married, and it's prayer, patience, and perspective. And and I love that, Brian, because I think that brings so much simplicity to marriage. Uh, Touch a little bit more on perspective because we have not had an easy marriage. We haven't been perfect. I have not been the greatest wife that I could be. I feel like you've been the greatest husband, but I don't feel like I've been the greatest wife. How did you get through those bad, I like to call old Tina moments, which pop out once in a while. Um, How did you put perspective on those moments when I wasn't such a nice person to you? Well, as I, as I said, um, throughout this interview is, um, you know, you have to have a certain amount of simplicity to every uh, problem, every cause and effect relationship. And I always said that, you know, I can't expect uh, a marriage or relationship to be a hundred percent. It's just, it's impossible. Whether business or otherwise, um, marriage, you just can't expect that. And if you do, you're going to be disappointed and you're going to be heartbroken. You're going to end up in divorce court. And so I always believe that if, if the flaws in my life and in your life are only 10% of the equation, then, you know, we're going to win this battle because we're going to keep things in and prayer and, and, you know, love your spouse. And even if that 10% really gets to you, just don't let that 10% turn into the 90%. Mm, Now you know why he's my boyfriend. So thank you, Brian, for being on the show. I love you very much. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to send us your stories of transformation through www.tinablack.net. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it a rating and subscribe. See you next time.